0: Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Tuesday. It's another episode of Purple Process with Nick Miller. I was trying to think this morning, what should we talk about today? It doesn't really seem like there's anything going on with the Vikings. Oh, wait. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. you living under a rock uh, we all know that Justin Jefferson uh, came out of Sunday's game with a hamstring injury um, you know the press conference after the game and uh, yesterday by Kevin O'Connell gave us some indications that it might not be just a short-term thing uh, and that uh, he'd be back in the game against the Bears this week but it might be long-term And then this morning when we woke up, uh, we got uh, the news alert from our friend Tom Palacero at NFL Network um, that this was going to be a serious injury, that that Justin Jefferson was going to go on IR for four weeks. So obviously when you take the Vikings best player, and I don't think that it's (laughs) crazy of me uh, to say that Justin Jefferson is the Vikings best player, and he is the stir that uh, mixes the Vikings drink on offense. Uh, He's the one that the plays are set up around. He's the primary receiver on almost every single play unless he's being used as a decoy. Uh, This has massive implications for the Vikings and their season. They also lost to the Chiefs this past week in uh, kind of very frustrating fashion. It's been the kind of the same game over and over uh, that we've seen from the Vikings this year of uh, turnovers and mistakes, uh, shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, having some decent play and some explosive uh, opportunities throughout the game, but just not being able to put it together at the end like they did so much last year. And when they went 11-0 in those one-score one score games, this year we're one and in, one, one in four in those different opportunities. And what that sets up is a very interesting dynamic over the course of the next three weeks um, until the Vikings uh, hit the trade deadline on October 31st. So I thought I would take the next... 10 or so minutes to just kind of walk through um, what this looks like and what I think this means um, for the Vikings uh, and what are their possible courses of action um, from here that not only looks at the challenges of the 2023 season, Justin Jefferson's relationship with the Vikings, because he still doesn't have a contract um, and 2024 and beyond Uh, because all those are factors. If you're sitting at TCO performance center um, in Minnesota, trying to decide and if you're sitting in Kwesi Dofa Mensah's shoes, you know, what do you do? So first and foremost, um, I would say that there's been a ton of discussion on, you know, Vikings Twitter or Vikings X, if you will, uh, today about this particular topic. And about it seems like half the people want to, you know, write it out. They still think we have a chance to to win this year. The second half of the, set of the schedule is uh, a little soft. They have an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs and still want to compete. And then the other half um, is like, okay, full on tank. Can we get Caleb Williams? Can we get Drake May? You know, let's do a fire sell. Let's sell Kirk. Let's trade Daniel Hunter. Let's just, you know, go go all in on on tanking for the season. And I think both of those are a little complicated and there's a little nuance uh, in this discussion about the way I look forward. So the first thing I want to I want to throw out there and make sure everyone understands that the coaches and players do not tank. There's no tanking from the coaching staff or the players at any point in time. That's just not gonna happen. Uh, you know, Brian Flores, you know, is suing the NFL and you know, was fired over his frustrations around the Miami Dolphins potentially taking a few years ago. You know, Kevin O'Connell, you could just see in this part of conferences, he believes in this team. He wants them to win. He thinks that it has success. They are so close. They're doing things on offense. They're turning the ball over. All those are are have tendencies to be flukes. Obviously, five weeks into the season, it's not necessarily just a fluke anymore. I mean, it's something that's actually wrong with the team. But he's never going to stop believing. Those players are never going to stop believing. You're in the NFL. You only have, if you're lucky, let's say you're a quarterback. You have over a 10-year career. I think the average NFL career is only three years for a player. Uh, and You are giving it your all every single down, every single game, uh, every single year, because your livelihood depends upon playing well and and putting that performance out there on tape so that you can convince either your current employer, your current team to pay you uh, and hold on to you or want to give you a salary increase on another contract, or you're trying out for the other 31 teams in the NFL. Either way, your pride is on the line and you want to win those games because you only have such a limited opportunity. Uh, to to play in the NFL that you want to take advantage of every single moment. And especially when, you know, a career is fleeting in NFL, you know, you could be injured on the next play. You could, you know, blow up your knee and then your career is is done and over with. So you're never going to not give it your all Uh, and nor should we expect that. I mean, to think that the, that the team is actually going to tank or think about, you know, uh, getting a high draft pick so I can be replaced by someone else. Um, next year is just not realistic, and it's it's kind of ignorant uh, for anyone to kind of suggest that. So we can rule out the coaches, uh, and and the, the coaches are are fighting for their livelihood too. We can rule out the coaches and the players agreeing to tank every single game for the rest of the season. They're going to be trying their all to put as many points on the board to win every game as possible and prove their performance and make money for their families. That being said, there are people that are employed by the Vikings in the front office, the GM, uh, Rob Brzezinski, who's the, the cap guru and, and, and there, Ryan Grigson, the rest of the front office staff, uh, the scouts whose job it is to look at the long-term future of the team. There so is looking at the next draft class to so looking at, you know, where it's the salary cap, you know, right now, what's, where's it going to be two or three years, whatever opportunities to succeed? How are we going to, um, make this team competitive in the long run? Also, how are we going to make them competitive in the short term? I don't think Quesi Dofamensa and Kevin O'Connell and and the, the Wilfs for that matter, you know, want to ever give up on a season. That's the last thing they want to do. They only have limited opportunities. The Wilfs want to, you know, they want to see their team succeed. They want to make money. They want to make revenue. They want people in the stands. They want excited. They want to be buying merchandise. If they don't know, if they think there's going to be a fire sale, why would they, you know, uh, buy jerseys of their favorite players, you know, all this stuff. So they never want to punt on a season, but at a certain point, it becomes a reality uh, that, you know, what is the best thing for the future of the team? Uh, and, and does that mean, you know, passing on an opportunity to try to come back this year to make that happen? And so uh, really, I think that the way that the Vikings have set themselves up, they're one in four now, and there are three games left before the trade deadline you have at bears this week, you know, at home on Monday night football against the San Francisco 49ers and then at Green Bay on October 29th before the Halloween trade deadline. There's it's basically become a three-game season because let's be real about the prospects here. You know, if they lose to the bears this week who are uh, horrible uh they have a horrible roster. Um you know, they looked a little they looked good against the Commanders last Thursday. Um you know, but uh, overall, they're they're not and they, they've gone through so much turmoil as organization this year. I think if the Vikings lose to the Bears, you have to seriously consider uh, just, you know, calling out a season. Because if you're at one and five, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. And uh, you're probably that probably shows you all you need to know about your chances of coming back and being resilient. So, in fact, it's kind of a one game season coming up on Sunday. The Bears are plucky. They had three extra days of rust, and, and it's in Soldier Field, which is always difficult for the Vikings to succeed. So I have serious questions about whether or not we can win that game, but let's just start there. If the Vikings lose that game, then we'll get to some of the options I'll we'll talk about in a minute. Second thing is, even if, let's say they, they go into Chicago and they beat the Bears. The 49ers are – they look incredible. They just went in and destroyed the Cowboys. They are fantastic both on offense and defense. They look like a true powerhouse. You know, the Vikings are going to have to play their absolute best in order to beat the 49ers. And there's been no evidence so far that they can put together a complete game against anyone, let alone, you know, someone like the Panthers, who they struggled against uh, in, in the first place. And they look like a, a struggling team this year. So they could go in and shock the 49ers. Uh, but I'm going to I think it's safe to say we can chalk that one up as a loss. So best case scenario right now, we're, we're two and five. Um, and then heading into Green Bay, and so on. On uh, before even the JJ stuff, and before even the Chiefs game, you know, I tweeted out saying, "I think the Green Bay Packers game is going to be the game that determines whether or not they decide to trade assets or, or not." And I still think that that's true uh, because it's. I think it's very possible that they can be, you know, probably two and five uh, heading into the Green Bay game. Now, Green Bay looked pretty bad last night against the Raiders, who are also not uh, a great team. But going into Green Bay. Um, could be, you know, difficult, you know, the Packers have the ability to put it together. You know, I really think the season will come down to, you know, if you're three and five and you can, you can come back and get to that softer part of the schedule. Um, you could potentially get JJ, you know, back after, you know, five or six games, you know, when if you you could, I could see the argument for, for the Vikings as a franchise, wanting to hold on at, at a three and five record and push forward, see if they can't get back to 500 and make a late you know season push for, you know, they solve a bunch of, division games ahead of us, you know, to, to make it into the wild card thing. Like I could, I could understand that. I will not fault them for that. You know, they never want to punt on a season. They believe in their team. There's some underlying analytics that show that they're strong in certain areas, but they just can't get it together. They are to find a way to somehow put it together and push forward. I could be convinced on that. Like, right. You don't want to punt ever punt on the season. Let's do it. That being said, if they're two and six, that's a completely I believe that's a clear line of distinction between two and six and three and five. I think two and six, it'd be nearly uh, impossible to crawl yourself out of the hole because the lines look good this year. And in order to, um, you know, make the playoffs, you probably need to be 10 and seven, um, you know, in, in the new 17 game season. So for the rest of the year, you know, they would need to go, you know, eight and one. Um, I think that that's very difficult to ask, especially if you're, if you're shown that you can't beat um, you know, you can't win two of these next three games. I know you don't have JJ, but you know, we don't even know when JJ is going to be back. So I I think that that's the the clear line and that's what I'd be looking for over the next few weeks. I do not think that uh, the Vikings would really consider making a move until maybe after the San Francisco game or, or even up to the deadline because I think that Kevin O'Connell and and Kwesi and the Wilfs and everything want to give uh, this team the most opportunity they can to be successful. So I'm putting that as a starting point. So let's talk about, you know, the other conversation that's going around right now, which is, you know, Kirk Cousins. I do not think it's a realistic possibility that they trade Kirk because there's a few factors that need to need to happen at this point. One, um, the Vikings need to be, completely sure that they didn't want to give up on the season. So maybe that's if they lose to the bears and lose to the San Francisco and, you know, they're suddenly, you know, one in six and the season's over and, um, there. So one, the Vikings have to give up Two, Kirk cousins has to be willing to, to waive his no trade clause. Um, and so, you know, he might want to just ride it out with the rest of the season. Doesn't want to move his family you know, there's any number or he just thinks he has the best opportunity to, to improve his value heading into free agency. Maybe he thinks he can do one last ditch effort to resign with the Vikings or something after the season. He wants to stay here and see if he can't get it straightened out, you know, whatever his thinking and rationale might be, you know, he's got to be willing to waive that. I, I just, I'm not sure if he will, but you know, they're just getting to step two that he has to be willing to waive his no trade clause. Three, you have to find a team at this point, you know, Uh, a week or two from now that is strong enough to feel like they can get a quarterback, um, you know, midway through the season, get them up to speed and then still compete, you know, for the playoffs. And they have to be willing to give up high draft capital because the Vikings aren't just going to give them away. Um, And, you know, they have to have enough cap space to take on Kirk's deal. I think he's, I think uh, he'll be like six, five or six million at the trade deadline of of Kirk's contract for the rest of the year. And, you know, three, going back to the no trade clause. um, I think both Kirk and the acquiring team have to be open to the possibility that Kirk would be their long-term option for the next few years. And really in my mind, there's either, I I think because Aaron Rodgers wants to come back this year and Aaron Rodgers is on a contract for next year. I don't think the jets are are a realistic possibility. I think it's a good talker for the national media, but because of those factors, I just don't think that they're going to pull the trigger um, on that. And so the team that, uh, there's only two options in my, in my head that I think are realistic. One is if the Atlanta Falcons, um, I think, you know, for a number of reasons that if you're watching this podcast, I'm sure you've heard the Falcons rumors, you know, Kirk's wife, Julie, Julie Cousins is from there. I think, or think their in-laws are still there. Um, you know, they got married there. They spent some time in the summer there. Um, and then the, the team on offense is young. The head coach is Arthur Smith need, really needs to win. Uh, Desmond Ritter actually looked good in last week, but overall this season he hasn't looked the best. And so you have to create a scenario in which Desmond Ritter does not look very good over the next few weeks, but the team is still in contention to try to compete, and they think they can get Kirk up to speed uh, moving forward. The other only option I see is if there is a contending team where their starting quarterback goes down in the next few weeks um, with a long-term injury and they need someone for a half-year rental that could potentially keep them afloat. I think... Potentially if Kirk were to be going to a team that has a real chance to compete and it'd be hard to difficult, it'd be difficult, difficult for him as a competitor to say no to that. But overall the chances of all this falling into place, just crack related. right trade compensation. Uh, the Vikings willing to be give up Kirk saying yes, all these factors combined. I just think it's unrealistic. I would put it at extremely low probability of happening maybe like 10 or 15%. Um, I, I I would say even bef- before the Justin Jefferson IR injury, it'd practically be about zero uh, just because I you know Justin Jefferson's a competitor and that, you know, he's going to want someone competent throwing him the ball, but now that he's injured, it just like, you know, ups that just a little bit because they don't need that as an excuse, you know, as much. So I think that unless, you know, I'll come back next Tuesday and I'll talk about, you know, what I think the percent chance is, but as of now, um, I would say the Kirk Cousins trade stuff is is nearly dead in the water. It doesn't mean they shouldn't try. It doesn't mean, that they shouldn't be looking into that as a possibility. But I just think that the number of factors that would have to take place for that to actually proceed is, is very low. Um, the other thing though, to consider is that uh, there are, are other players, whether it be Daniel Hunter, Ezra Cleveland, I actually predicted even before the loss and in JJ's injury that the Vikings would trade Ezra Cleveland um, at the deadline, uh, mostly because they have a, um a cluster of of quality players at the interior offense line, which is shocking for me to say, but between Dalt Risner, uh, Garrett Bradbury, Austin Slotman, uh, Blake Brandell, um, Ed Ingram, who had a good PFF performance, and the possibility of Chris Reed coming back, you know, something's got to give there. And the fact that Ezra Cleveland's on an expiring deal and they haven't shown any interest in bringing him back on uh, an extension so far, suggests to me that they, and then there was rumors that they were potentially willing to trade him back in uh, the late summer, uh, that he could be on the move. And it makes a lot of sense. And there's always teams looking for interior offensive linemen to help push them through. I think that I saw a rumor today that the Cleveland Browns were interested in potentially adding to their offensive line. Um, and Cleveland in Cleveland just makes a lot of sense. It seems like that, that could be destiny. So, you know, that's a possibility. So, as Cleveland, you know, Daniel Hunter, they haven't seen the, shown that they want to bring him back on a, a long-term deal. They did that uh, short-term resolution um, you know, in training camp this year. And if they don't want to sign them to a long-term deal, if they can get a third round pick in the 2023 draft, as opposed to 2024, um, where they probably would get in a comp pick, you probably have to take that. Or if you can get a second round pick, you probably have to take that, uh, if, if you're in a position where you need to, if you're two and six and you're looking to sell, um, and then the other players, you know, you got to consider, you know, Harrison Smith. I I think that, that would be completely dependent upon Harrison Smith. He's kind of got a legacy, no trade clause. Um, You know, you don't want to ever trade a guy who's, you know, a long-term captain of yours and uh franchise player. That being said, I, I think he's 34 or 30 34, 35 years old. He might want to go to a contending team uh, instead of, you know, just going out with a whimper with the Vikings this year. If that's something he's open to and he wants to go, try that out. You can't blame him for that. It's, you know, if we can get a late round pick back for him um, and save some cap space, like, you know, that could be the best interest of all parties. Then you have guys like KJ Osborne, who with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, I don't think has uh, a big contract coming from the Vikings, you know, coming his way. So he could be a consideration. So like Jordan Hicks, who's on a one one year one-year cheap contract. The Vikings actually played inc- pretty well this year. I think he recorded like a 90 PFF grade uh, this past Sunday. You might be able to get a very late round pick, uh, you know, for him uh, as well. And then you just go with uh, Brian Osamoa and um, uh, Ivan Pace for the rest of the year. And so those guys are, are possibilities. Um, you know, you know, overall, like I think that the, the Vikings just have to consider who are those guys on those expiring contracts, we're not part of your long term plan and see if you can't get some capital for them. And then that allows opportunities for, you know, younger guys to to step up and uh contribute and see what you have heading into next year. For example, if you traded Harrison Smith, you could see what, you know, maybe Lewis Seen gets more plays. If you traded Jordan Hicks, you help Brian Osmoa, you know, get in there. Maybe if you trade KJ Osborne, you have opportunity to see what Jalen Nealer, you know, has available. Or, you know, what's Neil Hunter, you know, I I think that uh, DJ Wanham, he could be another trade candidate season last year, but I think Patrick Jones hasn't had the best year, but maybe it's Andre Carter and you see what, you know, he has, you know, or, or some of the guys in the practice squad. So look at it as an opportunity um, in you know, getting a head start on the off season, you know, put yourself in a slightly better position and see what some of the younger guys can do. You know, once again, I, no one's expecting that this this team is ever going to not try their best, but if you're the Vikings GM and chances of making the playoffs are slim and you know, you're constantly evaluating, you know, how you're going to proceed, you know, moving forward, then you know, it might be best just to move on to a few of these guys, get some better draft capital, um, and then see how that can help you um, you know, compete when it comes to trying to find your next franchise quarterback in the draft next April. You know, if you have a little bit more ammunition to trade up, or if you even get a second or third rounder from, you know, Daniel Hunter, you know, that can create your opportunities to, you know, take what could be a top 10 pick and and trade up to get drake may or even if you're in a a top five pick already or in that position you've got more capital to to reinforce the team and try to look at the 2024 2025 as being you know years that you could realistically compete so you know they they the vikings have put themselves you know in in this position and i know that you know quesito from says that they want to always compete they want to be great you know, they want to give themselves as many opportunities to go chase that, that championship. And that was part of the whole competitive rebuild thing that he was talking about at the beginning of the season. So they always want to be good. I wrote a long article about it. I put it on Twitter talking about, you know, what about this philosophy and what it means. But here's the thing. If they're out of, if they want to compete, but they don't have, no longer have the option to compete, meaning that they're out of playoff contention you know, what's the next best thing is that you want to look at trying to set yourself up the best to compete in the future. And I know that some, you know, have, you know, competitive integrity, and they just want to, you know, ride it out and let the offseason stuff take care of itself. And I think that that's, you know, admirable. But, you know, there's a game within the game, you know, you can love the game on the field, but you can also love the game off the field, and not doing everything you can to help improve your team for the long term prospects, if your immediate future is is uh non-competitive, then you're just committing malpractice, you know, to your team and then come, you know, April, uh, March and April, you're going to wonder, you know, why didn't I do more when I had the chance when the writing was on the wall? So, um, sorry, that's kind of my, my rant for the evening. Um, you know, I think that you know, the like, the next few weeks are going to be very interesting for the Vikings. Um, you know, really what happens with the bears this week and, Uh, What happens with the Packers, I think, are really going to determine, you know, what happens next. They really need to win both of those games, I think, for um, this this season to even have a possibility of being saved. Um, You know, I think if they don't, you know, Justin Jefferson could stay out for an extended period of time. You know, uh, I would add that you should not bring him back any sooner than that hamstring is 110 percent because he's their franchise player. And unless you're actually going to be competing for the playoffs or for the Super Bowl, why well, would you risk anything when it comes to that? If you were in a better position, let's say this team was sitting at four and one instead of one and four right now, there might be incentive for, for him to come back when he when his, when his hamstring is at 80, 85%. But there's no motivation right now, and there shouldn't be. And that also should go for the Vikings, too, because they need to protect this guy. They are not able to sign him yet, but, you know, he's the cornerstone of their long-term plans, uh, him and whoever quarterback they draft in, in April. And so, you know... Uh, there's no rush, to, rush to do that. And so, if you guys, if they were able to turn around, they get to three and five, going a little, little win streak, and Jeff, Jefferson's healed. You know, maybe all you optimists out there, in your wildest dreams, can 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 make a crazy run into the playoffs and it'd be the most memorable story in NFL history of a team starting this bad and, and making it happen. Uh, I have my doubts about that. But overall, whether whether you're on the optimist side or the the let's tear it down and move on side. Um, I think the best thing to consider is what happens over these next three weeks. Can they win two of them to keep their season alive or if they're going to go, uh, you know, one and two or oh and three in that, that process? And then I think the choice will be clear. The choice will be made for you and that you need to do your best to set yourself up for the future. So, um, as always, you know, please tell me <laughs> how I was wrong. You know, tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu. That's Badass Wood Art. And of course, uh, Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, I think uh, we're back tomorrow evening for uh, Vikings Happy Hour, Wednesday night with the regular crew. So hope to have you guys join us here. Uh, it's very interesting uh, times. Uh, just remember everyone to, to stay polite, uh, stay kind when you're, we're discussing these things. Remember, we all want what's best for the team. Um, and uh, Skull Vikings, and I will see you guys next week.